0: This podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the History Out of the Box team in their personal capacity. This podcast is meant for listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions, historical or otherwise, may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. And due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised.
1: I've often spent, many a time, wondering what lies out there, wondering what faces humanity as we venture into the void that is our existence. I've lived a storied life, I lived in many places, I met many people, I saw many faces, I realized, in that dentist's office, that there's something more, something greater than myself. And that is why I wrote the most impactful book of all time. And I write this in my diary, while I sit in a jail cell in San Luis Obispo. I was arrested on August 38, thir- 31st, 1948, for petty theft, and I was ordered to pay a $25 fine. Yeah, I didn't go to jail. Oh, never mind. I've just paid a fine. Never stayed in jail. These are the words. The historic. The wise. The impactful. Dare I say, the loving. Lafayette, Ronald, Hubbard. Wow! Welcome to the History Out of the Box
2: podcast. Uh, that entire thing was uh, ad-libbed. That mm-hmm. was a riff. I'm Cam. I'm Jen. And uh, this is episode fifteen. We are in part two of the life of Elron Hubbard.
0: Yeah, that a, was very, a fun
2: choice. A very interesting character. Uh, I have a confession.
0: What is your confession?
2: I got a little too stressed out last episode.
0: You were very stressed out talking about this man. I one may say you were distraught. Distraught is a good way to put it. Traumatized. A little. Befuddled. Okay, that's a good one. You Post-traumatic can be,
2: traumatic stress disorder.
0: Oh, you're just like you're just like Ron here. You're using your writing powers. We both suffer adjectives. from myopia. Oh, that's true. So, Looks like you guys are a lot yeah, alike. Yeah, we're the same. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. Well, that was a beautiful riff Quite i you. enjoyed it i
2: liked the music
0: i did too that was very l ron hubbard considering he wrote a lot of science fiction in his life so
2: yeah yes he did he wrote a lot of science fiction and he wrote a lot of other things and just before we hop into the show into part two if you like what you hear if you like what you see go ahead and give us a follow on instagram on TikTok. i think that's the term they use i'm old now so i don't know follow and- yeah Yeah. follow and also uh subscribe on youtube i know that when this episode comes out we will likely have the michael jackson episode and part one of this episode up on youtube so go ahead and give us a subscribe a like uh go ahead and comment give us your ideas uh we strive as far as i know this is maybe opinion maybe it's fact Mm. maybe no one knows maybe it's neither History out of the box is the only podcast that strives to connect our listeners with the ghosts of our collective past. So that is what we do with these people.
0: There is not one other history podcast on this planet. Yes, we've never, we have
2: researched, we have traveled the seas, we have ventured into the deserts. I have explored the various pirate coves.
0: If you've listened to other episodes, we have access to a time traveling machine. We do. Given to us by the original Chad, a.k.a. George Washington. And Abraham Lincoln good times you should go listen to those episodes if you don't know what we're talking about but we are as you said doing part two to a very long very lustrous history yes of mr lafayette ronald hubbard more commonly known as Elron hubbard mm. you may have heard of his name if you haven't listened to part one yet i suggest you do either audio or video or both i recommend both uh, but you're going to be a little confused where we start out here if you haven't listened to the first one so make sure you could do that pause this now we'll wait
2: are oh, we doing that we're doing that bit we're doing the wait bit
0: it's over now yeah they well, paused I'm, it I'm gonna They're have back. To cut this now i'm this glad you like i'm glad you liked part one okay welcome to part
2: two should we rehash that just start all over
0: no, let's just start from the beginning no 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 uh we left off as you said in your little opening monologue we left off with uh, with hubbard he he got a 25 dollar fine for some petty theft he did and he was dealing with some issues he actually wrote to uh, the va to have some psychiatric help mm-hmm. doesn't look like much happened there but that is where we left off
2: well before we jump into the new things again i do think we should give a little bit of insight into what we think so far i know we did that at the very end my perception was clouded i had a lot of pauses that i noticed um throughout that episode for some reason Uh, my brain was not working as fast as it normally does so uh yeah so far i'm not sure how i feel Mm -hmm. in any way other than i uh, nothing's changed i i have a very I sympathize for the position that he's in in a lot of ways Uh, like from the past and a lot of places he lived and like he obviously failure was consistently on his table throughout his life. So I I respect the grind I respect the hustle he got the bread as they say and Mm -hmm. I we're at the point he's getting the bread so Mm -hmm. yeah like L. Ron Hubbard should be a rapper for some reason like an actual rapper and artist should be named L. Ron Hubbard what was the other one that you like the pseudonym he had that was so good. Oh uh, geez, it was like
0: I, I can go back. It in the wasn't notes and find Remington out.
2: Colt Winchester. That one was very overplayed and honestly, kind mm, of
0: no generic. Legionnaire One Forty Eight. Yeah, there
2: you go. Perfect. Rap sounds like name. a good
0: handle for like
2: a, a Call Reddit. of Duty. No a Reddit troll.
0: Maybe. Yeah, that sounds actually. So so so, what so
2: so what about you? What what is what is, what do you feel? What do you think about all this? Both feeling thoughts. Well, ideas. To be
0: very clear, spoiler alert. I'm not a huge fan of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly like the way he treats women, his uh, like confidants in business, his friends, his family, basically anyone around him. I think he's yeah. mostly, um, from what I can tell, a bit of a braggart. Okay. And uh, I don't know. So far, it's not so good.
2: That was very PC of you. I appreciate the lack of uh, explicit language, um, well, which know, is great. Well,
0: you know, I didn't know him personally. And uh, there are people in this world, you know, people on this earth today who would very much femininely disagree with me who don't know him either. So, you know, I'm just going off of my uh, little research here. Uh,
2: and to clarify, this is not a episode, neither was the other one, about Scientology specifically. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into Scientology, kind of, sort of. Very surface level stuff. If yeah. you are
0: interested, and we'll say this multiple times, if you're interested in learning more about the specifics don't of Scientology. Go to yeah, don't look at this, this episode. This is not the episode for no. you. This is specifically about the life of L. Ron Hubbard um, and not necessarily the way he likes to frame it in a lot of things he said. We'll, we'll touch into oh, that. did but, you say
2: that he was born on a rainbow served on a tuna salad sandwich? Was uh, that what you said? <laughs> Something like that?
0: Something like that. Yeah. I think that was a...
2: No, it was on Warren Hubbard. That's what you said. I'm revisionist. I'm revisionizing history right now. Right. Um, so let's jump into it. Let's see what uh, what the next uh, <laughs> the next chapter of uh, Mister Hub- hu- Hubbley Bubbly. What is Mister Hubble Bubbly? What is his life? What What is the next chapter? About?
0: Well, like I said, we left off. He was you know getting in trouble for some petty theft, mm. and uh, as we've also stated a thousand times, it seems like already this man moved around so much he was just moving around and uh sometimes later on in life that was not for good reasons and we'll dive into that more but he moved again after that because that petty theft happened in san luis obispo california did
2: he pay it did he pay the did did i pay the bill
0: you know i don't know if he actually paid it It it's 25 five dollar fine i feel like you could get away with not paying that one if you push in it off long
2: enough, forty-eight.
0: He had some other fines later on in life that he didn't pay. I mean,
2: twenty-five dollars in nineteen forty-eight. I know I made like a big hubbub in the last episode about that not being a lot of money, but like I'd have to imagine it's like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks.
0: I don't know what twenty-five dollars was in the forty-eight, but
2: you can buy a house for still, ten bucks. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, probably easy in the, in yeah. the late forties. But they moved again, and this time it was to Savannah, Georgia. Beautiful city. Mm. And that was in late 1948. Hubbard actually says that he volunteered at a local psychiatric clinic there, but we aren't really sure if that's true. Possibly getting
2: help because he had a time where he needed that. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Homie tended to just stretch the truth a little bit later when he was explaining things going on in his life. So that's what he said. But in early 1949, he began referring to stirrings of a book he was writing that would psychologically cure criminals. Would they throw
2: themselves out of buildings? Would they go mentally insane?
0: No, that was uh, they commit suicide? MK Ultra.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. I was referring to his other book. Uh, what was it? Uh, Excalibur.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. Where he that's
2: would. Right. Li- apparently, and this is a reference from the first episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. Um, somebody that he showed the book to, a publisher, read the book Excalibur and then immediately jumped out of a skyscraper window because the book was so revolutionary. That
0: likely didn't happen. But he said that was what happened.
2: I don't know how anyone would believe that yeah. that was something that happened. Yeah.
0: Some underreported yeah. Suicide of some sort, but no, I don't think that happened. In <laughs> you know,
2: other news. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> uh but he said he wanted to cure criminals of their violent quote violent traits, right? Mm. And he started offering his quote research to several professional organizations who all turned him down. They just weren't interested in what he had to say. His editor, John W. Campbell, who's been around for a little bit by this point, he was interested enough in this research Hubbard was doing, and he actually invited Hubbard and his wife, Sarah. Remember, he has his second wife, Sarah, latched to his hip right now yeah
2: yeah she was hotter and younger the and the
0: occult girl from yeah, yeah. los angeles
2: she was all the rage she yeah. was a tiktok model right.
0: <laughs> yes yeah influencer of, maybe back in the in the late 40s she's an influencer girl no but hubbard and sarah they moved to bayhead new jersey at the behest of campbell again they moved again oh was my that gosh 16
2: it's got to be like in the teens, by at least
0: point. at least, but they moved near his editor because they wanted to be near him and network mm. this research, this idea right. that, that Hubbard had on deck. And it was there that Campbell actually introduced Hubbard to Dr. Joseph winter. And he did this to assist in developing Hubbard's new therapy that he called Dianetics.
2: Why does that name sound familiar? Why does Dr. Joseph winter sound familiar? Is he known for something else?
0: not that i know of
2: i could have swore that i had like a dream
0: you, you've dreamt this uh,
2: about dr winter is
0: hubbard really in your head
2: no no well we were talking about this earlier today and apparently you can still buy dianetics and yes color me intrigued church of scientology um i might read the book maybe uh a little a little explosive for me it's got a volcano on the front uh
0: well see there's a difference between what you're talking about and what I'm well, talking
2: about. Well Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I'm talking about is watered down. No, no, no,
0: no. We're not even to the book yet. This is oh. the actual study of Dianetics. Oh
2: God. So we're like in like
0: You you might have Uncharted heard, Territory. If you're just listening to this for the first time, you might have heard of Dianetics because it is a famous book that was written by L. Ron Hubbard. We're not quite to that part yet. This is his research. He's calling it Dianetics, the gotcha. therapy. I keep jumping ahead. It's okay. It's okay. You're so,
2: excited. So, so uh, on an off note, I am making the observation that I think Hubbard might have been projecting just a
0: tad. Maybe
2: because he happened to have an interest in fixing criminals, mm-hmm. and at this point in his life,
0: is he the lines of blurred just a tad? okay kind of ripped a few
2: people off kind of uh got in trouble in san luis obispo not sure if he paid that he Uh, ripped
0: off uh his his wife's ex-boyfriend stole yeah yeah
2: yeah well there's a c word that we use in the first episode uh that that guy would fall into the category uh Mm -hmm. rhymes with cluck (laughs) um but yeah so i would figure he's kind of in that territory and i know that like in the last episode he mentioned that he like needed help right do you think he was like exploring trying to fix himself by offering to fix other people well that's
0: what he says but i also think it might be kind of true i think he was mm-hmm. desperately trying to figure out some way to help we talked about it in the first episode in part one uh, Little his, American psycho affirmation, His affirmations he was reading yeah. to himself.
2: Like he'd get up in the morning and for some reason he'd, his skin would be ultra shiny and he would do like 150 push-ups and he would read an entire newspaper beforehand, look in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you so much. You're I love you. You're the best. Like he would look in the mirror and say those things to himself. He'd slick his hair back I've and then never... he'd go into the... Wait a second. Before you finish that sentence, Yeah. you have never seen Christian bales no American psycho
0: no I, I I haven't seen it I'm sorry
2: we have to stop the show well, we can't continue wait wait we cannot continue the show any longer you have to watch this. Because the next people we're gonna we're gonna start doing creepy people. You have to understand.
0: I will watch. I will watch.
2: It's spooky season. This
0: is spooky season. I'm, I'm talking about L. Ron Hubbard. Pretty All right. Spooky. Well, okay.
2: So we've we've established that he's kind of trying to fix himself through his his his, his
0: stuff. That's, that's my yeah. speculation. On, yeah. I obviously am not in his head, so I don't know. But it is what he kind of said. It was he was trying to figure out you know things to fix. Mm. Now, um, dianetics. That's yes. what we were talking about. This is his study. And Dr. Joseph Winter was brought on to assist in developing that new therapy. Campbell, even though, remember Campbell is Hubbard's editor, he told Dr. Winter that Hubbard had actually studied a thousand cases of different people. Which isn't true. Likely not true. And he had studied... All these people, and one thing remains absolutely certain: that he had cured every single patient of everything, from asthma to eczema to arthritis, etc. And Doctor yeah, Winter about, apparently bought this.
2: What about suicide?
0: I well, I guess that just depends on if it was.
2: Did he cure them of life? I, I'm just look. I, I think that's a pivotal point to make because there are some very large leaps that are being logically leapt to um it's just i don't know it's just interesting it's just very interesting that he
0: well it's not the first time i mean yeah he's he's conned people he's conned people Mm. his pretty much whole adult life as far as we can tell Mm. so yeah he they convinced this dr winter to come on board now again not a dianetics expert either like if you're looking for an in-depth thing into dianetics this isn't the place to be for that either. You probably want to go to that Scientology podcast we've talked about, okay? Uh, but from what I've gathered, this is a very, very general, basic explanation in the most layman terms ever, okay? So stick with me. Dianetics focuses on the brain recording every experience you've ever had, awake or sleep, and the bad experiences are stored in what are called engrams, and they're triggered later in life, okay? This causes your physical and emotional stress, your reactions that that just any reaction you have are caused by all of these repressed memories. And auditing, which is think, you know, remember you've seen this probably on shows where they're holding the two things in their hands and they're talking to someone with a like Metal an electromagnetic yeah. thing between them. Okay. So auditing is when a person is regressed through those bad experiences. And they are eventually, what they wanna be, is called clear. They're clear of all these negative things that have, are, are physically affecting them or mentally affecting them. And clear is when you have a perfect mind, you have photographic memory, you improve your IQ, your eyesight, everything. And that's basically what he would call Hubbard, the perfect human form, a clear person.
2: This sounds... Very, very similar in a lot of ways to transhumanism Mm. and eugenics. Mm. Very similar. Interesting. Um, Do they have any way of testing any of that? Do they test any of it? You Uh, will
0: have to call your local Scientologist uh, and ask because I don't know.
2: I'm afraid to do that. Uh, Yeah. Like I (laughs) I, I have a lot of repressed future trauma from calling them. So I'm just going to not. Do that and become clear in my life by not having to go down that path yeah and this is where i open up the ceremonial beer
0: there you go yeah
2: wow mm. yum
0: <laughs> well
2: oktoberfest beer again
0: yeah. that is the very very basic explanation of dynamics.
2: so what happens if you go through this and you get clear i don't know but then you do something silly and exactly. catch something that was really prevalent over the last two years
0: oh i i you know we should see what the stats are
2: what are the stats that would be interesting um but yeah okay so uh it, it's it's very uh this is very uh like i want to be nice um well it's very creative
0: that's very nice of you to very say creative. because the journal of american med uh, the journal of american Medicine. What?
2: The Journal of American Med, JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association. Yes, yeah, so I
0: thought you were. I thought you were trying to say my name, and it got no, all garbled. No,
2: no, JAMA. I didn't JAMA. have an aneurysm. JAMA. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, the Journal of American Medical Association and the American Journal of Psycholo- Psychiatry. They both rejected Hubbard's findings, experimental well, research. They in,
2: in Hubbard's defense, they do. Except things now that are quite interesting. So who knows?
0: The study was then changed to, quote, astounding science fiction. And Hubbard and his wife, Sarah, Dr. Winter, and the editor, Mr. Campbell, they established the Hubbard Dianetic Research Foundation in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And in April of 1950, shortly, that was also shortly after the birth of his second daughter with Sarah, Alexis Valerie. So
2: this study is categorized as astounding science fiction
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so it's fake well depends science fiction means it's not real
2: that is literal definition of science fiction like if i read if i read uh one of his wonderful what is it what's the other book that he has uh battles battlefield earth battlefield earth um yeah, battles or, a Battlestar Galactica, the no. uh, b- battle. Don't credit
0: that, don't credit that uh, to Elrond
2: Hubbard. Battle of the Five Armies. I mean, like, <laughs> I like, I, I, uh, if I read all those things, they're categorized under science fiction. So, in the writing itself, it is categorized as astounding science fiction. They might want to change that. Yeah. I mean, right? I, it's a little late. I mean, it's a. Know, Just like look it up 70, on Amazon and like see what it says now. Seventy-two years now. late, but like.
0: It's on Amazon if you are free to buy uh, the book we'll talk about I might in a do it
2: I might do it just because it'll be fun
0: well on May 9th of 1950 Hubbard's companion book as we were talking about Dianetics the modern science of mental health was published by Hermitage House and launched a decade's worth of lectures and more books on the subject and it was initially very successful again totally available even today to purchase on Amazon if you would like to read, which I know my co-host here is absolutely itching to do.
2: I just like really creative things. I like macaroni paintings. I like it when someone makes music that probably should never be listened to Mm. because it's very creative and it's something to be admired because they attempted or they succeed or they failed. One of the two or three, all of them. It's just fun. And I see that as being... It's very creative.
0: Well, it, it, like I said, it was a hit. It was deemed a cult classic. It was selling, you know, four thousand copies a week. It sold fifty-five thousand copies by the aug- August of nineteen fifty, and it was translated into several languages. It spawned hundreds of quote auditing groups, and that was all around the country, and the press, scientifical, yeah, scientifical, scientific medical community. They were not impressed with Dianetics at all. They considered it utter garbage, just gibberish, and that didn't matter. The public, the, the normal public, seemed to love it.
2: So a uh, side thought that I think might be very interesting to just observe, what if this was a PSYOP?
0: Defined PSYOP.
2: Government-imposed experiment. Okay. So like MKUltra. What if this was a government-imposed version of MKUltra to see what the people would believe... And then it spawned. Oh, wow. Into Tim, an Tim actual, Hat is coming
0: out right now. Into
2: an actual thing that is now an entity that covers the fact that Tom Cruise and John Travolta are the aliens.
0: Oh, I think that is exactly what this all leads to eventually. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, for some context, just to prove how well liked this dianetics thing was at the time Aldous huxley the author of brave new world great book he actually got audited by hubbard several famous writers of the time no, like yeah. theodore sturgeon a.e von voigt they actually became trained auditors they were there doing it themselves and the hubbard dianetic research foundation branched out to open locations in los angeles washington dc new york chicago even honolulu hawaii yeah, so we're we're moving fast. Uh,
2: okay, I'm not gonna you know what? No, I'm not gonna do the same thing where I have these like moments of mental lapses. We're going, going? we're going, we're into going into it. Okay. So how much was it?
0: Expensive. <laughs> it was about five hundred dollars in 1950. To Holy
2: take,
0: crap! Yeah, to take an auditor's course to become an auditor, it was five hundred dollars, and there was no oversight over the money coming in and out of this foundation. Which shocker, you know. One of those black hole type situations. For example, one time Hubbard took $56,000 of 1950 money. So we're talking about $630,000 in today's money.
2: So 500 bucks was like like a couple thousand dollars at that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without any explanation, he took this 56K out, was never accounted for. New Jersey's branch actually showed one month's income for the branch to be A full $90,000 and $70,000 of that income was unaccounted for. Just not on the books. No idea where it went. Wow. As someone who um, my my daylight job is in finance, this makes me want to cry out of the stress. This would cause whoever their account was.
2: I'm glad I opened a beer because it's stressing me out.
0: But uh, Hubbard was a popular and charismatic guy. We've talked about this. Everyone just seemed to like him. He got away with so much. He wrote, he lectured, he trained all in this Dianetics psychology thing he was doing. And it seemed like he just claimed the attention of everyone in every room he stepped in. It was amazing, according to people who spoke to him.
2: But they were all in the group, though. So, like
0: people leave the group
2: i mean i'm sure all those people would have said the same thing about what's his face the guy down in south america that like had a bunch of people like we should oh, we should Jim talk Jones. about him eventually uh, eventually not next because that's too depressing but i think we should talk about alistair crowley next because that fits right in the spooky season mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i uh
0: well that was who he followed well l Ron hubbard follow was a was hmm. when he was mr in- crowley Pasadena with Sarah's yeah. ex boyfriend doing their thing. Yeah. They were followers of Alistair Mr. Crowley, Crowley
2: great Ozzy Osmore song.
0: Yeah, well, all good things come to an end, right? In Los Angeles, August That's, of nineteen fifty. Yeah, yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> That's where <laughs> there it you ends. Go. That's <laughs> It's okay. We can say that. We're from there. (laughs) But uh, Hubbard was giving a presentation to a group of 6,000 people in Los Angeles in August of 1950. He was demonstrating a, quote, clear person, right? This subject failed to recall a single formula in physics, which was the subject that she was majoring in, or the color of Hubbard's tie when his back was turned, which is very much against what the is expected of a clear person who has no issues in their brain at all this is just three do. car this
2: is just three card Monty. i mean that's literally what it is is it like so i no. don't know what you it's uh, the, only, uh, the. i'm using that term very loosely it's just it's just deception it's like magic that's that's what the, the likely i mean that that's literally they probably rehearsed the entire thing beforehand this is probably a chosen subject that they had known before i mean you see this with you see this with a lot of really um I use the churches with the quotes around it. You see this with a lot of very uh, interestingly charismatic churches where people will simultaneously get healed randomly. Not to suggest that that does or doesn't happen. There's just some where it's. Uh,
0: yeah. 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 That's not <laughs> speculative. Well, this was obviously like devastating on stage, right? Yeah. And doubts began to steep in. He had
2: a Kanye Taylor Swift moment.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Even Dr. Winter was having enough. By oh, this by one. now. Yeah, by oh, now. Wow. <laughs> well remember, this is all during 1950 What type of doctor is Doctor Winter? Do we know? It's like a psychiatrist.
2: Mm. Go back to school.
0: Well, anyway, Di- <laughs> Dianetics was splitting into different occult practices, like a regular religion would at the time. He wasn't. It was the. This wasn't a religion either. Remember, this is not a religion yet. This is. So at this pre- point, Scientology.
2: Yeah. So at this point, he's uh, he's just selling snake oil. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah.
0: And um, Dr. Winter, he had not seen any real scientific research. <laughs> he was starting to get pretty speculative. He's like, "This Hubbard guy, dude, just telling people." guess the color of his tie it's not working
2: it's been four years (laughs) and i'm now coming to this conclusion
0: it's only been a couple months really but um yeah people are starting to run with this and like splinter off into sex you know of of like doing their own (laughs) things And uh, the Elizabeth, New Jersey branch was quickly falling into financial ruin. The L.A. branch was $200,000 in debt by the end of 1950. Hubbard's publisher, Dr. Winter, and even his editor, Mr. Campbell, the sort of brainchild of this whole thing who got them to move up to New Jersey in the first place, they all resigned under acrimonious circumstances. They blamed Hubbard for all of financial disparity. They blamed him directly. And all of the branches were closed by the summer of 1951. And the problems don't end there. This would so, be such
2: a fascinating movie. Like like honestly.
0: Like, I think there's like, a lot of um, pressure within Hollywood to not make this a movie unless Scientology made it and then this won't be part well, of the here, movie. He, well here's know? the
2: thing. All Scientology has to do if they save their if they save the whole thing is they they go into rather than being a religion, they re identify as a charity. And then they just say it's a way of life no longer religion way of life they have some self-awareness and then they can create an excellent movie starring Nicolas cage and hugh jackman um about dianetics it would be hilarious
0: Nicolas cage would be an excellent l he would be
2: phenomenal and here's the thing he doesn't have to be a bad guy like he will be like the kind of like the the uh what's
0: the goofy guy who no, actually like, sends a submarine chaser after or something what's the
2: what's the 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 term in, in writing it's not protagonist antagonist it's uh it's the uh, anti-hero
0: he's the anti-hero
2: so he'll be an, a hilarious comedy it can literally end with the financial problems happening and then all of a sudden then the church can be like oh and this is what happened and that's the rest is history and they can do a bunch of different clips of all the people who are criticizing them and boom they win that, that's my whole thing because then because then if they say they're not a religion then they can have more people that will might be just for the fact of it being fun be a part of it it could be like a club an expensive club do people jo- join herbal life all the time it's the same thing
0: well i mean
2: I've solved your problems.
0: They might they might hit you up after this. Who knows? And ask Let's for Let's hope not. I hope not. Too.
2: Let's hope not. Listen. This is a castle. We this, live hey, in
0: America. No,
2: we live in a castle doctrine state. You stay away from us.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I can defend myself here. No, I'm guess, saying
0: we live in America. They have the right to believe whatever. Sure. They want. I just mean I just mean that it's...
2: Look, we live in a time where people are skeptical of everything everything especially things that are really really expensive and the best way to make it less skeptical is to take yourself less seriously
0: yeah well this isn't about Scientology we're not even talking about Scientology. I know I know I'm
2: just trying to solve their problems because I like solving problems anyway uh, such a guy back to the problem starting
0: <laughs> well they're starting or have they been going and we're just going to keep going
2: he I'm telling you he has he
0: lived a lot of life like it, there's a lot going on in his I'm life. I'm surprised. At all times. I'm
2: surprised he wasn't like entirely crippled by this point, like mentally, physically, and emotionally. Going. He he was,
0: he was clear. He
2: no, was clear, Cam. No, he was just uh, very That's resilient. But sure,
0: Sarah, his wife, and Hubbard were at odds.
2: <laughs> Don't say. Was it yeah. because of a uh, just general odds, or was he? Uh,
0: well, he had never seemed to hear of the phrase happy wife, happy life in his entire life. So <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, he had begun to have an affair with his 20 year old PR assistant. Oh, that's PR why, assistant. that's why. Yes, yeah. he, he was having an affair again. And Sarah had begun an affair with uh, Dianetics Auditor Miles Hollister. Holster, so we're not exactly... Um,
2: what a uh, they, they were two, of the two same people. Two
0: peas in a pod, yes. Yeah. And in retaliation, because only Hubbard can sleep around, all right, he wrote the FBI and he portrayed the couple as a communist infiltrators in 1951 of March. So he um, he got mad because he was cheating on his wife and his wife was cheating on him. So he wrote the FBI and said that his wife in. was, no.
2: Oh, him, her, his wife and Miles. Sorry, I
0: said that incorrectly. His he wife and He said that the wife and the one she was cheating Miles on him Hollister. with Miles Hollister were communist infiltrators. He wrote the FBI that Hmm. to get back.
2: Interesting tactic to play with the PSYOP that you're a part of, but sure. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, what's hilarious is that the FBI didn't take him seriously. And the letter is actually annotated in FBI records as, quote, appears mental by the agent who had to read it. So, I mean, Um. nothing happened because of that by the FBI, at least. What if he was telling the
2: truth? Well, Again, 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 just... Church of Scientology or anyone associated, if you have the wherewithal, it would be hilarious to just make a gregariously out-of-context, but also in context comedy about this. It would be you could be self-effacing. You could
0: even say this is what non-scientologists believe. It's so what funny. If it, but here's yeah. the thing
2: is what if it was real? I mean, this is this is the thing. You take it from the perspective of Hubbard and you make it entirely real to him mm. from the viewer's perspective. So it's like this very ah like 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 almost grandiose like larger than life type of experience and it could be literally seen as a case study not only of hubbard from an entertainment perspective but also from the generalized craziness because that's there i can't think of a better term that i mean i'm not trying to be derogatory but i can't think of a better term for this individual's life so far it is uh, willy wonka style crazy
0: well We're not done. Yeah, let's keep going. We're going to keep going. Hubbard and two other staff members could not be deterred by the FBI noncompliance with his letter of warning. Communist wife, right? No, Happy
2: communist wife, happy communist life. No.
0: So Hubbard and the staff members, they seized Sarah and his still infant daughter. They forced him to go to San Bernardino, California, and he unsuccessfully tried to find a doctor to have her committed as insane. Didn't work out, but those were the good old 1950s wifeys. You better be a good, good to your husband or he's going to put you in his insane asylum? Yeah,
2: make him a sandwich or he slabs you around. That's Uh, how it goes.
0: But, you know, should (laughs) have been born in a different generation. The 50s just seemed so fun.
2: Well, the 60s is just, you know the same thing really it's just different you like that you like that i was descriptor? just about to
0: say something very controversial and i held it Thank back god
2: you did the last
0: yeah. second but anyways
2: <laughs> we try our best to be close. appropriate here I pc tried. i tried um
0: but yeah he couldn't find a doctor so he released his wife but then he kidnapped his daughter and he took her to drum roll where would a communist never go
2: where would they never go or where would they go
0: no, remember he's not a communist. He told the FBI he's trying to help. He Cuba. Should, he took his daughter to Cuba, to did Havana, he, Cuba. Did he
2: just leave her there?
0: Well, no, he took her there, and and the, the no, he didn't leave her there. But the mother, he left back in the states, and the mother, uh, freaked out.
2: Wait, so is is, is Hubbard the communist? Is that the plot twist here? Is he's actually mm, the communist? Mm, no. Are we sure? Because so... this is all psyop. Remember. This is all I saw. That's this is your so speculation.
0: Sad. Your tinfoil hat is I, firmly I, in place. I
2: think I'm correct. <laughs> I'm getting smells. MK Ultra, I'm getting the smells. <laughs>
0: Well, in the divorce filed by Sarah on April 23rd, 1951, Sarah accuses him of beating her, strangling her, sleep depriving her, kidnapping her, and exhortation to commit suicide on a regular basis during their marriage. Mm. Her daughter was finally returned to her in June after she agreed to sign a written statement written by L. Ron Hubbard himself that read, quote, the things I have said about Elron Hubbard in courts and the public prints have been grossly exaggerated or entirely false. I have not at any time believed otherwise that Elron Hubbard is a fine and brilliant man. So she rescinded all of her critique and got her daughter back. You know what's funny? Which, in my opinion, makes total sense.
2: You know what's funny about things like that, where they have like the person that actually writes their thing? Normally, a normal person who doesn't like somebody wouldn't compliment a them at the end of a sentence
0: well that's why it's funny it's like
2: it's like he can't resist (laughs) he can't like he cannot resist feeding his ego and and this is where like like that aside this is where the movie back to the movie premise would be really fascinating because it could be like a a it's like tim burton-esque exploration of narcissism because that is literally like you kidnap your daughter Mm -hmm. you kidnap your daughter follow me on this Mm -hmm. you kidnap your daughter you bring her down to cuba because that's not obvious for communists um, at that time, um, or any time really. Uh, and and you and then you force your wife to write a letter in which that she takes back everything that she said and anything that she allegations she had towards you. And then and then you compliment yourself at the end of the letter. A brilliant to man. give and then give your daughter back to your wife. I mean, this is the most like one plus one equals two formula of all time.
0: Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's so lazy. But it worked. It worked. Well, it
2: worked in the 50s. Interesting.
0: He basically held his daughter hostage against his mom. And you know what? Maybe not in this extreme of way, at least as often. But this happens every day here in the United States still today. And that's a whole other Wait, topic. The
2: people, right? books no and, people
0: using their kids against each other well yeah
2: North this is praises. a history podcast um
0: yeah if you yeah. want to hear my hot take you better become my friend and sit in my kitchen while i make you dinner. or you that's, could just, that's the only way you're gonna hear my hot take on or this. you
2: could just listen to our sister podcast the wolf and bull we happen that's to true. explore things like that all the time yes. um we are also both co-hosts in that show so uh but yeah let's Hit the real the real let's details. stay away from the ultra depressing stuff and go to the even more depressing stuff by right. talking about uh, Dianetics further
0: well all that drama all that crime didn't stop Dianetics from basically collapsing in on itself oh darn but millionaire businessman Don Prussell. Purcell Purcell I can't Pur- pronounce names I think we've established that, was- that over the last 15 episodes I'm sorry I try I try but all was well in Wichita Kansas when this businessman said I want to help you Ronald L. Lafayette, Ronald Hubbard, I want to help.
2: You have an about of list <laughs> common commonly referred to commonly referred to as dyslexia? I'm
0: I'm channeling this businessman, Don Purcell.
2: Well, you're just speaking like Yoda.
0: I don't know. When I think for some reason I'm thinking of <laughs> the nineteen fifties businessman in Wichita and I'm like imagining your top hat and a monocle and Don like, Draper. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm, that's not well, no.
2: That is literally who I'm thinking of. Don no. Draper from uh did you you
0: Don't ask. No, I haven't seen it. Thinking Madman, oh, right? Oh my God. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, well. <laughs> Maybe things were looking up. Mm, not so much, nope. But soon fell apart after debts from the previous locations. Remember, they were all closed. They needed to be collected, and the law was coming after them now. They need to collect those debts. So Hubbard instead established Hubbard College in Wichita. And he was meanwhile fighting Purcell in court over the rights to the foundation's intellectual property because they now want, both wanted it.
2: Is it really that easy? L- you know, l- wait, wait a second. So I said this guy is like Machiavelli. I'm changing, even though uh, probably bad, probably bad comparison. I said that in the last episode. He's like a he's a Renaissance man. He has literally done everything. He started his own college. He's founded his own religion. He has been a part of the navy. Eh, track record, con- uh, suspect track record. Uh, Mine for gold. Mine for minerals. Looked for pirates in the Caribbean uh, in the 30s when uh, clearly the pi- I, I have to for
0: things to put in a museum. I have to
2: imagine the pirate trade in the 30s was not doing well. Uh, he was basically Nathan Drake and wanted to be Nathan Drake. Failed a lot of the time. Yeah, there's and, a distinction. It, there. He's wrote multiple books. Uh, this guy is it really that easy? Can I just literally declare that I start a college? <laughs>
0: I mean, there was probably a little more complication to that. Remember, this is the 1950s. Regulations, compliance issues, they've changed a lot since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yes, there's internet internet's ruined
2: everything. I said that last episode. Yeah, That's it's true. actually true. Anyway, sure. Um, okay, so Hubbard College
0: Hubbard College in which what top? in
2: God's name do they teach at Hubbard College?
0: Well, not much for very long because Hubbard met a new bride during this time 18 year old Mary Sue Whip. She was a staff member at his new college. They were married and the college was then immediately closed. How old was he? Uh, much older than 18. Yeah,
2: he, was he tended to
0: like him young and yes, that is me making
2: very DiCaprio esque. Not even um, an
0: assumption because an 18 year old. Mm, mm, yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Sue Whip. That's his third wifey. Yeah, here she comes. They then moved to beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, where he started a Hubbard Association of Scientologists International to promote his newest venture, Scientology.
2: Again, I am not surprised.
0: Scientology's birthplace is Phoenix, Arizona, officially. Isn't that fun?
2: (laughs) Not surprised. Anyway.
0: AKA, the definition basically of Scientology is the study and handling of the spirit in relation to itself, universes, and other life. Try dissecting that one.
2: So everything. Sure. Literally everything.
0: Now we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, involvement with Scientology. We finally got there. And if you know anything about L. Ron Hubbard, besides the fact he was an author of some science fiction books, you may know that he was the head of Scientology. A very
2: popular science fiction book club.
0: (laughs) It's also a religion here in the United States and is famously known as the religion of choice for those of the likes of like Tom Cruise, John Travolta. You know, uh also dissenters who have left, and Leah Remini, who has her own show, who talks about the inside scoop of Scientology and its negative aspects. So, if you're interested in that, I suggest you go check it out.
2: If both of them were to leave, it wouldn't exist. Like on a serious, like All on a very I gotta serious say is note. Top
0: Gun Maverick is the best. No, movie I'm just ever. saying.
2: Like uh, we've discussed this off, off the air, air off camera. I'm bad. Yeah. I want to sound sound like a radio host. Um we've discussed this intimately prior to this show ever forming, prior to the Wolf and Bull, prior to anything to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought I'm so dude, sorry. I've
0: hit the microphone like five times.
2: Deafening. Um I have always thought that if Cruz and Travolta would actually leave.
0: But I don't know if they ever will, personally. They
2: could. Twenty twenty two. No one's surprised by anything anymore. We are in the perfect. Wow. We are in the perfect time for both of them to leave. Like what? What? What could maybe they don't want? Short to. of murder, and maybe. even then, most people, eh, meh. Nah. I mean, people have been famous in other countries uh, for eating people and gotten away with it. But short of murder, I can't think of a single thing that that specific entity. Because Leah Remini talks about. Blackmail and all that. I can't think of a single thing that most people alive today in the millennial and Zoomer and even Gen X and Boomer um, categories. I uh, I can't think of a single thing that most of them would actually really even care about coming out from those people. Because one, Tom Cruise universally left. We can talk about oh, he gets everything for free. He would get everything for free if he left, and he, he would already- still get he would still get roles he would still get movies made he would still have all the power that he currently has cuz he's a phenomenal actor i think he se- he seems like a decent ish guy we don't separate know. we don't know separate from this thing i'm just saying and this is all be- if again back to my premise if you're listening um if they rebranded into a charity club not a problem anymore well i'm just saying it, it just seems like there's i can't think of a single thing Cause, cause literally everything has happened in our lifetimes. We've seen so many things happen short of a uh, end of civilization. I don't think anyone would be surprised.
0: I really don't. Well, again, there are Scientology podcasts out there pro and con. You should go listen to whichever one you suit. All right. This is about L. Ron Hubbard and his involvement. Okay. You ready? <laughs> okay. While the Church of Scientology says that this discovery was a new line of research by Hubbard, the discovery of what's called thetans, that's a spiritual being, non-Scientologists claim that this was Hubbard's latest attempt to reassert control after losing Dianetic's success. That was very, very quick and fast, right? It was famously said that at a party in 1953 or 1954, an acquaintance of Hubbard said that While Hubbard was complaining about not making enough money writing, the acquaintance said to him, what you really need to do is create a religion. And so the idea was born. There's a lot of Scientology that I'm not even going to attempt to dissect. I know it's tempting, but it's not what I'm here for today. Look it up and listen to another podcast. But first, it was a very, very small beginning for Scientology. A 70-hour lecture... Wait
2: a second. A 70-hour yeah. Hour.
0: I'm, I'm assuming they had lecture. coffee breaks and sleep breaks.
2: 70 hours. So it was a convention.
0: Basically, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's not a lecture. It's a well, convention.
0: Yeah, of 36 people. 38 people, actually. That was the amount of people who showed up uh, December 1952 in Philadelphia. Was it scripted? I, I'm, I mean, I don't know. 70
2: hours, man. That is... Uh, Mm-hmm. That's a lot from one person that that is that is biblical he
0: talk. He knew how to talk. But Nibs, his oldest child. Remember, this was uh, yes. from way back when we talked about him in episode one or part one. Excuse me. The now 18 year old son Nibs came to Phoenix to be with his dad after having a hard time in high school. And he joined Scientology and became a professor in the subject.
2: It's like becoming a professor in Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs>
0: Hubbard also became the father of a third daughter at this point, September 24th, 1952, with his first, uh, sorry, excuse me, with his third wife, Diana Meredith D. Wolf Hubbard Hubbard. No, that his, was his third daughter. Sorry. He had three wives. He's got too many kids, too many wives. A lot of
2: concubines. Okay,
0: Diana Meredith D. Wolf Hubbard was his, third, his daughter. third daughter and his first with his third wife. Does that make sense? He had three wives he
2: had child support back then.
0: I mean, do you think L. Ron Hubbard paid child support? I'm going to let you. I'd just... like to
2: hope that he did. Um, I'm objective.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, he seems like a stand up cat.
0: OK, well, I'm just making a guess, I guess. But yeah, he uh, he had his his uh, first daughter with his third wife and Third daughter. Jeez, it's too confusing. There's too many kids. But anyway, he therefore shortly after got a doctorate from an unaccredited sequoia university and i love February how you mixed therefore
2: and shortly after which would have been thereafter <laughs> i really enjoyed I mean, that
0: it's there's two the kids are getting to me he has it's so a little many kids.
2: late it's past uh it's so many past kids jen's and bedtime so
0: many baby mamas i can't he did it was like
2: a it was like a De- uh, degrassi episode mixed with uh well maury mixed with uh what's the one where they all fight in the show jerry springer yeah
0: yeah pretty much it's like jerry springer Anyway, he proposed setting up spiritual guidance centers and charging customers $500 for 24 hours of auditing in the new religion of Scientology. 24 hours. Not all at once. I'm assuming you go in it's like sessions, right? It's
2: people paying for being... It, it, this, is, this is like what they do down in Guantanamo Bay.
0: <laughs> this, this Maybe is, not quite the uh, same.
2: Uh, no, I have to imagine there are some psychological aspects of this where it's traumatizing because you're in a room. Uh, I would assume you have breaks for 24 hours. Auditing with someone who doesn't know you, utilizing a piece of technology, technology um, to cleanse yourself of, I mean, if you're, if you are that distressed with your life, you, you must have done like Epstein or Dahmer level atrocities. Uh, no. Honestly,
0: eh, not quite. I think people just want to feel, feel better. Right. Go they read go, a book. Go they touch. Did. They read Dianetics. Touch
2: some grass. Like <laughs> go uh, eat, like talk to a friend. Like go get a drink. Uh, do sports. Go to the gym. There are so many other things that you could do for less than at this time. $500 in the 50s. For 24 to hours. To feel better.
0: Well, some of the auditors began dressing as clergymen. Of course. Mm -hmm. And in the 1950s, the movement was quickly growing. He marketed the religion with medical claims, saying that they were investigating polio cases, which at the time was a devastating, devastating illness, pre-polio vaccine. And, you know, that's one way to really tear at the heartstrings of people. Uh, It was becoming hugely profitable as well. The gross income of $250,000 in 1957 or would be two and a half million dollars today was scientology and he and mary sue had three more children joffrey quinton macaulay mary suzette rochelle and arthur ronald conway
2: He would have a joffrey that doesn't surprise me oh my gosh
0: he he purchased saint hill manor by the way which was an 18th century country house in sussex yes the united kingdom it, like this this man is everywhere all the time <laughs> i don't get it but by the 1960s, he was world renowned. He was, uh, but then going to live on his fleet of ships, which we will talk more about very shortly.
2: I think we should let our listeners and ourselves take a break at this point.
0: Yeah, I think I need one. palate cleanser.
2: He now lives on a fleet of ships instead of the English countryside. Had he ever been to the English countryside? Did he buy this via Zillow online? Obviously it didn't exist back then, oh. but I
0: just—you know—someone who knows someone who knows someone, right? In Networking. the sixties, he was the, a great networker.
2: The English countryside in the sixties had to have been p- pic, pic, pic- picturesque. Picturesque is what I'm looking for. Yes. Beautiful, uh, yeah. quiet, quaint, mm-hmm. wonderful. You could probably smell the red coats.
0: Yeah, you could smell them. You
2: could smell uh the 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 battles that george washington the original chad fought in i mean He's i'm just
0: ghost hovering over alarm hubbard saying i condemn thee probably yeah <laughs> right hubbard um had a few controversies as you can imagine like we haven't even dug into any of them yet right no we we have but hubbard believed that scientology was being infiltrated by the u.s government via spies and a he
2: excellent cover for something that was a psyop <laughs> Just saying.
0: Uh, He introduced lots of policies to the religion that were very invasive. Again, I won't go into too many details, but they're out there if you want to do some digging yourself. Oh, boy. They interrogated members with questions like, quote, have you practiced homosexuality? Have you thought unkind thoughts about Mr. Hubbard? Or did you come to this earth for evil purposes? Which is always a great question to hear during a therapy session, I'm sure.
2: Imagine being an evil entity that falls for that. If it is an evil entity, do you think that it would answer then the question? Like, ah, oh, you got me. Ah, darn. <laughs> like, I like, uh, uh, interesting. Well,
0: it's also, it's also interesting to note that he heavily advocated against Richard Nixon in the 1960 election. Just an interesting thing to mention, which. He went for the other guy? I'm just surprised. I don't know. For some reason i that surprised me but i'm not sure he why strikes
2: me yeah well tricky <laughs> dick was kind of in the same uh, cad that was his nickname kind of in the same uh, in a lot of ways in a very similar maybe side adjacent category of human
0: i just i don't know much about richard nixon to be honest so i can't really throw my there's a reason why his nickname that. was that mm. well the fbi had a lengthy file on this guy Okay, and in 1958, the IRS with through the church notes
2: te- did not say that, but it's still okay. funny. <laughs> anyway,
0: Hong uh, honk. honk. <laughs> I called him something else in the notes, but honk, anyways, honk. Um <laughs> The IRS said that Hubbard and his family were unreasonably profiting from this nonprofit. And the FDA took action against the religion's medical claims and they seized tons of material, including pills and bottles labeled as radiation cures, polio cures. And Hubbard was pissed. He and his religion were suddenly in an unfavorable position. In Australia, they accuse them of blackmail, brainwashing. They accuse Hubbard of displaying strong characteristics of paranoid schizophrenia and delusions of grandeur. They said that.
2: <laughs> no. Uh- of oh. No, he didn't do that. Uh, he didn't have those issues.
0: The United Kingdom no longer allowed Scientologists to enter the country, oh and Hubbard was—they revi- were
2: basically terrorists before terrorists.
0: Well, well, Hubbard's visa was refused uh, his his uh, renewal, and inquiries were launched in South Africa, New Zealand, and Canada.
2: How did this guy become Jason Bourne? <laughs>
0: I know, right? That's what he wanted. How? Remember, how? This look, is the guy look, look. who dropped out of college after failing on a museum. So here's here's something that's Caribbean.
2: interesting. Something that's interesting. All this happened in the fifties, right?
0: Fifties, sixties. And it's not twenty twenty. It's now twenty twenty
2: two. What in God's name has changed <laughs> mm-hmm. to allow for the designation that was once revoked? Who have come back.
0: I don't know, but it seems like we always take one step forward and like thirty steps back these look, days. Look,
2: look, look, look! It's just we can talk about the ruling. I'm sure we'll probably talk about that into some base, or maybe not. uh We could talk about well, that would be an interesting thing to broach one day, maybe on Wolf and Bulb. We could talk about that and how easy it would be to just
0: how they got their. I don't back? know. Yeah,
2: go back and revoke it. Mm-hmm. We could do I mean, that. It
0: happened To be clear, it did happen. They yeah. got it back. But Hubbard started requiring Scientologists to disconnect from people outside of their religion, suppressive people. Like, um, you know, anyone who talked bad about Scientology was labeled a suppressive person.
2: Fun fact for anyone listening who might happen to be involved with anything that uses terms like suppressive um, if you use terms like suppressive in relation to people just by their thoughts, you might not be in the right thing.
0: Well, yeah, that's just when it saying. started. He was getting a little paranoid, it seems. And he wrote a long list of crimes and high crimes that are now punishable within the religion. Again, you can look these up yourself. I'm not going to go through all of them. But enemies of the religion he now insisted should be harassed and sued. They were big on the suing and they still are. So, you know, again. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy um, what could happen. But, you know. That's life. But by 1966, he founded the Sea Org. It was a group of Scientologists volunteers who became a professional group of seamen. Sea Org. Again, remember, he went to go live on his fleet of ships. So this was his, um, you know, his new project, so to speak.
2: The 12-year-old in me exhibited rear his ugly head there for a second.
0: He got some ships including what was one called the Enchanter. It was a 40-ton schooner, which... Schooner. Schooner. I thought I said that wrong. Again, we've we've been over this. My pronunciations need some work. Schooner. But the second ship was the Avon River. It was an old trawler and the Royal Scotman. It was an old Irish cattle ferry that Elron Ron Hubbard now lived on, which, you know, he seemed to love the sea, so I guess it makes sense. Uh,
2: Being around a lot of seamen.
0: Yeah, you know, the organization. Professional seaman. Okay. Yeah. He was now Commodore of the Sea Org.
2: It was too easy. I'm sorry. I I apologize. Uh, Look, very, very interesting choice. I, me thinks, I sound like... (laughs) I sound like that very unpopular Star Wars character uh, that will remain Jar-Jar unnamed. Banks. Well, I, I named say Remained unnamed. Uh, <laughs> uh, Methinks uh, he uh, he decides to be on the sea for uh, very particular legal reasons.
0: Well, maybe, he,
2: maybe I speculate.
0: Well, making
2: an observation, neither did, true or false.
0: What did he do while he was commodore? of the sea org nothing really <laughs> i mean like nothing specific it was they just kept moving that was their whole thing they kept as one does on the open sea because his enemies were after him and if they found him it would be the beginning of what he sometimes said was a nuclear holocaust yeah well he actually dramatic a bit of a flare with that that uh warning but
2: who, <laughs> who's his own
0: yeah interesting but he they were on an eight-year voyage traveling in the eastern atlantic to the mediterranean sea all over all around and the church was sending him about fifteen thousand dollars a week which would be equivalent of 121k in today's money about thereabouts Uh 121
2: thousand dollars a week
0: can you imagine living off that kind of money what 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 would you even do? Do you buy? I, I don't know, if, like you with know, that much money in the '60s. You know when you hear those like brain teasers, where like if someone were to give you yes. twenty grand every day and you had to spend it, I'd be like, I'd run out of things. I, like every day well, and I, you have to spend all of it. At I'd that like, point, you just take, just keep loading the guac on my chipotle. I don't know what else to tell
2: you. Well, at that point, you start burying it, quote unquote, oh, like Rachel. a pirate does. Oh, yes, which I have to imagine is what he was which I would have to speculate could possibly have been happened at any point in any time somewhere, somehow well, in relation to anyone named or similarly named Lafayette, Ronald Hubbard.
0: Well, millions were being transferred to bank accounts in Switzerland. Yes. You know, that's a common thing with mm. a lot of people. Um, he was living the high life. He had lots of volunteers. Remember Sea org members are not paid. Or they were not paid. I There's I another today, term. But they There's were another
2: not. word for that. Yeah. Well, that I won't they, say.
0: They were volunteers. He tried establishing himself and his crew in Corfu and then later again in Morocco. However, both failed because he got caught up in the local politics in both those places and he ended up having to flee because it got a little dicey.
2: Where the heck is Corfu? Corfu. Sounds like another planet.
0: Mediterranean, I believe. Yeah interesting you're thinking of star wars you're all hung up on the georgia binks comment. No. <laughs> well he was during this time writing all the doctrines that south park made so famous you know the ones and um mm. he was trying to get more people in the sea org but a lot of people say now when you look into you know online you're going to see people say it was terrible conditions in the sea org Except for the Commodore's Messenger organization, which was a group of young girls. That's what they said. And uh, they would wear halter tops, hot pants, and they would run errands for Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, including dressing him, lighting his cigarettes, a little harem kind of around
1: Well, they were volunteers.
0: Fun job.
2: Oh, yeah. They're
0: great. It's great for your resume.
2: It was Coyote Ugly. (sighs)
0: So you did mention being on the run on the lamb, so to speak.
2: So they say. So they say. I'm trying my best to make this very very objective.
0: It is. Legal. No one knows
2: was was he just traveling for fun? Was he exploring? Well,
0: one can make the argument that he had a lot of legal You're not threats. picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah.
2: Okay. He might have been finding pirate treasure. We don't know.
0: Well, yeah. He was he was dealing with a lot of legal threats from all over the place. Yeah. And supposedly Well, no. Other countries were legally coming after him. I
2: see Supposedly.
0: Supposedly. Okay. Yeah. The French charged him and Scientology with fraud, and he ran from being extradited, and he hid in Queens, New York in the 70s. He then returned to his boat in 1973.
2: He was aware that the French gave us uh, Lady Liberty Rape.
0: They're all hiding in the statue, it, waiting he, for him like a Trojan well, horse. Every,
2: yeah, everyone knows it's a Trojan horse. Rick and Morty talk about that. That's true. I, I'm just saying, it, it is literally, they would look there first.
0: Well, it was also said he now, at this point in his life, was becoming obese. He was a chain smoker. He had a, like a growth on his face that was kind of Specifically alarming. Specifically his forehead. Yeah. And in 1978, he actually suffered a pulmonary embolism. And he went into a coma, but actually turned out to be okay, which is kind of shocking. It's a really sad thing to happen, no matter who it is. And uh, some would say, you know, the Phaetans or something had to do with that. right? But he decided to go to good old Florida, become a Florida man. And he established a base there for his fleet after many places overseas were either actively pursuing charges against him or turning him away at port because of they didn't want anything to do with him. And he moved into a hotel, the Daytona Beach, or in in Daytona Beach, Florida. And it was in October of 1975 when he then decided that the Fort Harrison Hotel in Clearwater, Florida, was the secret land base for Scientology. Unknowingly... (sighs) to the hotel, by the way. And Clearwater, Florida is still headquarters for Scientology today. They have a big building. If you Google Scientology, probably one of the first pictures is gonna come up of the big building. It says Scientology right across the top and it's in Clearwater, Florida. But he was under the radar. He was still avoiding, you know, the police. And eventually he went to Culver City, California in 1976. La Quinta after that. The guy moves around so much. I can't believe how many times this guy moved. He just lives out of a suitcase apparently. Because I cannot believe, like, the stress. The stress involved with moving that much. Stresses me out just thinking about it.
2: I, yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand like he I mean when you're making $121,000 a week I mean you could literally live I anywhere I mean
0: you're just hopping from Airbnb to especially in the 70s yeah well in a tragic series of events though his son Quentin committed suicide and he was a member of the Sea Org when this happened and that happened in um, shortly after he went to California but the Snow White program may have heard of this before It was directed by Hubbard to remove negative files from the White House about him and Scientology. And they did infiltrate the IRS and the Department of Justice. Two agents were actually caught with wiretapping material, burglary tools, incriminating documents. And Hubbard was never prosecuted, but his wife, Mary Sue, yes, that one, the young one, the one he just married not that long ago was directly indicted and sent to federal prison for conspiracy along with 10 other people in the organization for the Snow White program directed by L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm.
2: You're telling me that Charles Manson went to jail. I know. For doing...
0: For directing In the a lot of
2: right, roundabout ways, the directing of some things. hmm But this guy didn't
0: nope
2: what d- d- does he know what's under the vatican does he know what's in I the think libraries he, might, he knows like, is that what this is does he know that he we've knows, made contact does he, he is he aware of this is this what it is like they're trying like hey so 2022 he's obviously he's gone
0: yeah well, he's he, gone but he's, still he's long past
2: mm, interesting
0: Yeah, so France was tired of this. They were tired. Remember, they had filed charges. So they actually sentenced him without him even present to four years in prison and a $7,000 fine, which would be about $30,000 today. And he went back into hiding when he found out about this. And now he was in Hemet, California. It's April 1978. Homies hanging around Hemet, California.
2: Wee. I mean, it's nice in the winter. Sorry to everyone who lives. It's nice this. in the winter. There's some picturesque views. Yes, out there. yes,
0: that's true. That's true. But he cut off all contact with almost everyone now, including his family, and that was pretty much permanently after after this. He cut off contact. Um, this was also when he wrote some of his most famous books, including Battlefield Earth in 1982 and Mission Earth. You know the series. How was it able that he? How was he
2: able to publish those?
0: He still had a publisher.
2: And the pub, what did he sell under L Ron Hubbard? Yeah. And no one thought to ask the publisher where he was.
0: He just wasn't extradited. Couldn't extradite him to France. There's a lot of legal loopholes. You had to jump through to get anything done. And when you had the money and the time and the networking, you could get away with a lot back then. Remember Al Capone went to jail for tax evasion, not for any of the other things he ever did. So, Mm -hmm. It's just interesting how many like serial killers or like these big criminals do you hear got pulled over for like a broken tail light you know stuff a like lot that. of them didn't I, ted bundy get pulled over for like there's always like these re- weird happenstances and the stuff they get away with for so long well i guess i guess
2: my my observation is that it's just like i guess he was a big fish at that time but he wasn't like an unbelievably big fish i mean he was a big fish, but he wasn't an unbelievably big fish.
0: Even today, he still holds the world record for the most works published of all time.
2: Yeah, but that's like a, like a
0: published off. Like, who cares? Yeah, just a big Who cares? Big I, there's
2: a lot of people that hold the record for a lot of things. It's very popular
1: to do now.
0: Well, David Miscavige, you may have heard this name before. He became the religion's de facto leader in Hubbard's absence, and he is still today the leader of Scientology. His daughter, Hubbard's daughter, I mean, Suzette, actually became Miss Cavage's personal um, assistant slash maid, which is interesting. Interesting turn mm-hmm. of events. Yeah. But in the famous words of Hamilton from the play, <laughs> death doesn't discriminate. <laughs> wow. The, yes. I'm always thinking of wow. Hamilton, right? In the last years of his life, Hubbard was chilling in Creston, California. Again, moving, moving around. And this time he was living in a luxury motorhome. this man was deep in hiding he only communicated with a select group of spokespersons he spent million r- millions redesigning a ranch house that he didn't even live in it remained uninhabited on his property and they built a race track for the horses they had an observation tower
2: you know what's funny is people aren't hiding when they do that we knew where he was this is not like some sort of. Like, look, when I say Jason Bourne, I'm not talking about Matt Damon. Okay. Uh, no. Everyone knows Matt Damon's the real Jason Bourne. Okay. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, what's his name? Ethan uh, Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. We're talking about L. Ron Hubbard. The government knew where he was, they just chose to not do anything about it, as they choose to not do anything about a lot of things that happen, especially within the entertainment industry for some reason. All the people that we. Happen to appreciate are all somehow involved in some very insidious things. So I guess it's just it's it's interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just there's always some guy living in a motorhome building a mansion who's never going to live in it, right? It's like we have all this land and all this money, and they're just like it's like Winchester Mystery House, you know that? I'm surprised that thing even exists. Yeah. Reminds me of that, but he maintained control over Scientology. He actually wrote orders that were like passed through his underlings. Whoever was talking to him, and he received tons of money. It's estimated that he made approximately two hundred million dollars by nineteen eighty two. In nineteen eighty two, money.
2: There was a lot of people around at the time that made that much money.
0: Well, the IRS by a lot of people,
2: I mean a very select few of people.
0: The IRS was going to charge him for tax
2: well that worked last time so
0: they were going to go after him that much was clear and he had a chronic pancreatitis issue he was a pretty sick puppy by this point and he suffered a stroke on january 17th of 1986 he died a week later his body was cremated and scattered at sea but the Scientologists claimed that he had decided to leave his body and continue his research on another planet he was just clear you know, well, he departed cause he couldn't die if he was, he was that good. Yeah. He was that good.
2: He was that clear.
0: He left. Wow. He left.
2: Wow. That's so, that's so serendipitous. Like what planet? I don't know. Well, how do you travel there?
0: I don't know. I heard similar things, you know, from other groups of people. Like what's that one group of people who hail Bob? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, heaven's gate.
2: Yeah. Well, they, uh, yeah.
0: They, well, they didn't go to another, did they go to another planet? I think there was like a spaceship, right? That was what they had said, that there was a spaceship. Well, yeah, but clearly, like
2: clearly they didn't, they stayed here.
0: Well, yes. Yeah, I, I know. They were here. I know. We that found was another them. tragic event. But yeah, uh, he he died. He died in 1986, which wasn't that long ago, you know? Can you believe that? I was born only a couple of years after that.
2: I'm honestly surprised that that was how he passed away. Honestly. Yeah. Like there are so many other, so many other ways that you'd think based off of all of his quote unquote enemies, that would have been way more convenient.
0: Well, besides Quentin, remember who had sadly committed suicide, Hubbard put a trust out there for Mary Sue and her children with him. So his third wife, plus he added Catherine, his daughter from his first wife, Polly. Remember her? He then disinherited his children with his second wife, Sarah. L. Ron Hubbard Jr. changed his name and tried to sue for control of the estate, and Hubbard denied the parentage of uh, the younger sister, Alexis, Sarah's younger daughter. They accepted settlements after the church and the estate threatened litigation against the two children, which is awfully sad, awfully sad. Mostly everything else went to the church. They still preserve it all today. Much of it in titanium containers buried underneath the Tremita, excuse me, base in New Mexico. It has the church's logo bulldozed on top of it so you can see it from space. And he is, again, today, still the world's most published author with 1,084 works under his belt and the church's model of an, what they call an operating thetan. He is not considered a god by Scientology. But that is the life of L. Ron Hubbard. It is a very... Like you said, would make a great movie, I think. But there's a lot going on. And that man lived all over the place.
2: I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you do. Um, Specifically about Waco.
0: Waco, Texas.
2: There was another event that oh, happened Oh, the Branch there.
0: Davidians?
2: That happened to the Branch Davidians, but the same fate has not happened. I should not suggesting it should. Um, The same fate has not happened to what is clearly, well, what could be contrived and observed by some individuals with their own opinions as a little suspect of what would be considered a religion.
0: Well, the U.S. government says that they went after... The Branch Davidians because they had an, a huge amount of weapons. The Scientology, as far as we know, I don't know, don't have the same uh, concerns behind.
2: Right, them. you would never think that some entity that has that much money and the influence and the ability to bury a bunch of things with their logo on it, telling everyone where it is from space. Uh, you'd never think that they would ever, ever do anything squirrely.
0: You know what's so funny is where we used to live in California. Did I say this in in the previous episode? I might have. Yes. One. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Specifically in San Diego. Yep. Where they built the construction company.
0: Yeah. It, it just it, it, little things you don't notice. It's The same thing with like a Freemason symbol. You walk past uh, something well, and, and you're yeah, like, oh, that's a Freemason. Well, symbol wait thing? a sec
2: though, because he, here's here's then we should eventually look into that too, because that would be an interesting. uh uh, series, really, because uh, almost every single founding father was a part of that. Um, but I, I, I truly, truly think that it's just that's one of those things where I feel like it, for some reason it's still around, but it's only still around because everyone's kind of forgotten about it. I can't imagine the numbers that were quote unquote reported. Maybe sus- I can't imagine, but I could maybe suspect, possibly. That the numbers that they've reported on their followers may or may not potentially, possibly not, possibly be not totally factual.
0: I don't know. This is not about Scientology.
2: I know. I just think it's just interesting.
0: It just interesting. yeah. It's just interesting. It is interesting. I what I think is crazy is that that man published almost eleven hundred pieces of work. Like, I are they any good though? I mean, you know, we have Battlefield Earth in our bookshelf. And I've been meaning to read it.
2: Your dad talks about how it's such a fantastic yeah, novel. Yeah, and I kind of want to read it. Well, he said that about Dune and...
0: Oh, we got a guy who's not a fan of Dune in the house. Uh-oh. It's not that I'm not
2: a fan of Dune. I'm not a fan of the author's writing. I can't remember his name, but his writing is very... It's very... Uh, it's just very interesting. I think the creativity aspect of it's phenomenal. Uh, I think that the idea is great the commentary uh, and the the underlying messages are good but the style of writing is just not my cup of tea
0: well to each their own i quite like dune i quite Did like you ever the read book. the book yeah oh, you did yeah i have it mm. silly interesting but Yeah, that's, that's Ron Hubbard's life, guys. I mean, there's more to it as there always is, but that is the gist, a man of many stories. That is for sure. Yeah. And he must be excellent at packing a U-Haul.
2: Yeah, I have to, I have my opinions that they haven't changed. I've got, I, my biases that I had prior are still held, uh, to play devil's advocate, though, I do think that he lived a very emotionally traumatizing existence. Yeah. Um, and obviously I would not wish bad things on him because I think that that obviously it's whatever came to him already happened. But still, I do think that humans are humans and we have our issues and that's why we have the show because it's good to give uh, some good, sort of the humanizing, and the ugly. some humanizing nature to, uh, to some characters within history. Elron Ron Hubbard being one of them. Um, I inferred that we would do Alistair Crowley next.
0: Well, uh, we also inferred in the last episode and I started notes on Vlad the Impaler.
2: Oh yes. Vlad
0: The third
2: we'll do him and then we'll do Alistair Crowley. Oh, get ready Um, guys.
0: We're doing spooky season.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the episode. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope this wrapped up and put a nice little bow, uh, on what we know of L Ron Hubbard's life. Uh, If you like what you hear, if you liked what you see, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram, a follow on TikTok, we are also on Facebook, and give us a subscription on YouTube and a like and leave a comment. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, Additionally, uh, I believe audio episodes are on Tuesdays, so this is the part one we'll be releasing on what would be tomorrow. I know we had a little bit of a break between Michael Jackson and Alex. We, we had some stuff we were doing. Um, but every Tuesday audio episodes and then Wednesdays uh, will be the videos. So
0: get ready, folks. Yes.
2: So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anything else to add to L. Ron Hubbard?
0: No, quite the send off. We hope that you enjoyed. See you soon. Bye.
2: Hey there. Cam here. And I just want to thank you for spending some time with Jen and I today. If you like the episode and what we're creating for you here at History Out of the Box, please give us a follow on Instagram and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Music. This helps our podcast grow and allows our team to continue doing what we love. We appreciate your support and we can't wait for you to hear the next episode.